Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. This week, we're interviewing music scholar Jackie Hudson about her recent efforts to get an Ohio history marker installed to celebrate the legacy of musician Roger Troutman, a pioneer in the funk genre. He was from your hometown, right? Yeah, he's from Dayton. The Troutman Sound Lab studio is only about 15 minutes from where I live now, and the building itself is actually gone. It's closed and the building is gone. But Jackie did a project as part of her PhD program where she was able to help memorialize the original location of the studio. And the studio is really a big deal because lots of funk music pioneers recorded albums there. Roger Troutman was the leader of the group Zap, and that group recorded five albums before he died. And their sound was really unique and involved some innovative vocal synthesizing. And just before we recorded this, I was re-listening to some stuff, and it's just, it's really <laughs> fun. They have such a fun sound, and I know you you listened to it a little bit, too. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. And you talked about the vocal synthesizing, which was really cool, and, and I hadn't really heard that before. So I was I was happy that she touched on it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a really interesting talk. We had a lot of fun with Jackie, and we'll get to it. Hi, I'm Jackie Hudson. I am a fourth year PhD candidate at Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio in the American Cultural Studies program. I also have a graduate certificate in public history. I want to pursue a career in museum industry. I'm looking to, you know, more specifically, I would like to work, you know, with the history of Black music, but I'm open to other types of type, type of museums, like a Black cultural museum. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I'm just working on my dissertation, and, and I did a couple of internships, two rounds of internships at the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville. Ooh, very cool. You know, what a way to combine my love of music and history, but I'll, yeah, I'll back up a little bit. I also worked in the music business for 15 years. Um, I worked in music retail. I work at, the rec- at a record company. Um, I worked at a radio station. And yeah, so I'm all over the place when it comes to music. But more importantly, I'm a fan, a big, <laughs> humongous fan of music. Even growing up in Mississippi, where my parents played, you know, music while we were cleaning up the house on a Saturday morning or Go, do, you know, during road trips, going to my great grandmother's house. So, you know, I have to attribute it to them for instilling the music in me, as they always say. So thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So we, we wanted to talk to you mostly today about kind of a little bit about the history of funk, but more specifically, you got really involved in this amazing project with the Ohio Historical Society. Was that right? Ohio History Connection. Okay. That's what it's called. Okay. So how did that come about? How did you get involved in this? So I took a museology class in fall of 2018. The instructor, Holly Kirkendall, she's also the curator at the Wood County Historical Museum in Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. She was an adjunct teaching this particular class. And one of the assignments was about, basically, we had to pair up and so basically the assignment was to play like you're applying, you know, for the Ohio historical marker, 
she wanted to us to make sure that we understood like you know how to well not only how to apply for this but also understand how like talk about how what's the significance in history in ohio like i said we i partnered up with a the colleague my friend carrie she told us you could pick up not carrie but the, our instructor holly told us that we could pick anything significant in any of the counties in ohio and <laughs> carrie said to me she's like well i know you like music and i thought you know she grew up in the area she grew out right outside of Dayton, Tiff City, I think. Yeah, yeah. What's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, you know, her husband talked to her about, you know, Roger, how Roger Troutman and the Troutman family were very instrumental in, you know, being pioneers in folk music, and they're, you know, they're they're local. They, you know, came out of Dayton, mm-hmm. and then I was like, bingo. So <laughs> I was like, you know, she had me at music. So so. <laughs> So, you know, we decided to choose the Troutman Sound Labs, which is a recording or was a recording studio in Northwest Dayton, Mm -hmm. where Roger, well, basically the Troutman family built the recording studio, but they also had a a construction company as well. Mm -hmm. They could have easily gone to LA or New York or even Chicago to have this home base to produce music but they decided to stay close to the community that where they grew up in. Cause they wanted to, since they gave so much to the, you know, the Troutman family, they wanted to give back to the communities because they grew up in the area. Mm-hmm. And so basically we decided this was going to be our, our project. We also, like I said earlier, we had to fill out like we we're actually filling out the application, but not send it in. Mm. She wanted us to concentrate on two parts of the application. And so, you know, like basically the marker text and the significance of why the Troutman Sound Labs was so important to that particular, you know, area, as well as being this subgenre of music was so important of R&B music. You know, I came out of Dayton. Did he come out of L.A. or New York or Chicago? So we filled out those two parts. And after the semester, I mean, after the assignment was over, I looked at Carrie and I was like, I don't know about you, but I think we're on to something. And I think we should, I mean, you're totally fine if you don't want to, you know, continue with this, but I want to continue and actually get this done. So she was like totally on board. So I think we we got the, we got the email saying it was, um, our application was approved. Let me tell you something. I never knew so much about city government. (laughs) (laughs) like now i know about zoning and who's in charge of the you know the land that owns it and i mean i never knew so much about like the the bureaucracy of trying to find out who owns the land you know Mm -hmm. can we do it and we had to like send a letter or you know do an appeal and we had to do powerpoints and presentations and i'm like yeah but <laughs> the flip side of that, but I feel like it was great experience because I'm going to, you know, being, uh, being an emerging historian and going into this business, I'm going to have to learn, I'm going to have to learn how to create relationships and, you know, with the community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you definitely, I definitely understood or definitely sharpened my interpersonal skills 
Mm-hmm. So, oh, well, first of all, we had to, then I had to write a, you know, a letter to, you know, a family foundation to fund the marker because the marker was, is very expensive. Oh, really? I, I, for some reason, I thought that the society would like fund that. Nope. Nope. We had, you know, you had to figure out how to fund it, but wow. fortunately we applied for um, a grant mm. from the Ohio history connection mm-hmm. and we ended up getting that grant. So it, it defrayed some of the costs. So we didn't, you know, we didn't have to pay full price. So my, my colleague had a friend who's part of a family foundation in Dayton. They're always looking to, you know, support the arts and culture in Dayton and all this stuff like that. So luckily, you know, they're really good friends. And so, you know, make a long story short, they agreed to pay for the grant, I mean, pay for the, the remaining cost of the marker. So mm-hmm. that was, that was a huge undertaking as well, but it was great that they, you know, decided they wanted to support this great project. Mm-hmm. And so after, after we did that, we applied for it. You know, it took, it took a while because of good old, good old COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to take that back. Cause it was, no, actually we, we got approved pre-COVID. So we got it approved September, 2019. So that was pre-COVID. Okay. So, but we were supposed to get it. We were looking to get it installed in late May, but so now good old COVID had an other ideas. <laughs> so, so we had to figure out because the, the company who makes the markers have shut down for like six weeks. Oh man. Yeah. So we had to, you know, sit there and wait. And then I got an email, like, I think it was like sometime in June. They were like, so yeah, they reached out to us and they're back. They're up and um, running again. And, you know, we had to figure out what the shipping, where they were to ship the marker and all the stuff like that. And then they, you know, they gave us an, a, a roundabout date and they said they're going to let us know when they actually ship it. And I get an email saying, oh yeah, by the way, we have it here because we had sent it to the family foundation, their address. And I get an email like out of the blue saying, oh yeah, we got the marker. And I'm like, they didn't tell us, they didn't tell us what it's going to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, so, and then we finally got it installed in mid-August and then Karen and I went up there to look at it after, you know, a year and a half of going back and forth <laughs> and then to see it there installed was felt like it was so much worth, you know, all the hassle. Yeah. We also actually, the development, community development rep who represents a company that owns the land where the marker is, asked us, should we reach out to Shirley Mur- Murdoch, who's an R&B singer who Roger Troutman produced. Mm. She's a National Labor Coordinator um, artist. And so they, you know, asked us if we want to reach out to her. I said, of course, you know, because we kind of think about doing a dedication and all this stuff like that. And so we finally met her on Zoom and we tried to figure out what, how we're going to approach this dedication and all this stuff like that. And then, like, it was so funny because after we got off the call, Carrie and I, you know, she texted me. She's like, oh my God. I can't believe we were just on the Zoom call with Shirley Marduk. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's awesome. awesome. And so, you know, she reached out to a couple of Troutman brothers and they were really excited about it. And then, like I said, we, like after many different Zoom calls, we actually picked a date and we had to correspond with the mayor's office. And so the mayor's going to come out. The dedication date is Friday the 16th. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, and then, the, you know, the mayor's going to come out and, we thought the mayor just, was just going to 
you know, just make a few words and leave. But apparently she wants to be, you know, involved in the whole thing. So, so yeah, she's going to be like a, I guess, quarter, like an MC sort of thing. Awesome. Then, you know, Miss Murdoch's coming and a couple of the brothers are coming. And so, yeah, we actually had a, we did an interview with the Dayton Daily News last week. Oh, wonderful. He's going to don Thrasher. I don't know if y'all know. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So we did an interview with him, with Miss with Miss Murdoch. So with me, Carrie, and Miss Murdoch, and then he actually talked to Lester, one of the brothers, after our interview. So the the actual article is supposed to come out on the 18th, the Sunday. Oh, okay. So yes, you know, make a long a long story short, but it was a very humbling experience. You know, growing up listening to the music, you know, as a kid, and not only you know Miss Murdoch's music, but Zap and Roger Troutman as a solo artist as well. And then, you know, he was on the Dr. Dre Tupac record, California Love. And a lot of hip hop artists are heavily influenced by, you know, the Zap and Roger Troutman, especially West Coast hip hop. Mm -hmm. And so it's a humbling experience for me because it's like I said, growing up listening to this music. And then years later, it comes full circle that I'm actually I've met Miss Murdoch and knowing I had no business listening to that type of music as a kid because <laughs> it was so like her, some of her music was very, you know, mature, you know, mature. Mm-hmm. So knowing I had no business listening to that music, but then actually, you know, getting to talk to her and work with her and getting this, this dedication together. And then on Friday, I'm going to be, I'm going to be meeting the couple of the brothers. So it's like, it's like a surreal moment for me. So again, you know, shout out to my mom, shout out to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm very excited. Karen and I are really excited about, you know, this opportunity. And, and I always say to myself, you know, the running joke is for me and I'm putting that on my CV. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, this is, that's wonderful. And it's so big for Ohio history, for Dayton history, for music history. And as a music historian, I mean, this is, this is kind of a pinnacle of, of an accomplishment. So I, yeah, I definitely put that on the CV for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. And the, and the thing we were thinking to have the dedication a little, you know, at a bigger size, but I was like, wait a minute, it, we're still in Corona. So, mm-hmm. cause we were trying to get some, maybe some, you know, make a plea on some of these artists DMs like, Hey, can you come or whatever? But you know, <laughs> COVID is like, Nope, not happening. So, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, you know, it's, it's, one of the things that I think we're going to try to figure out how we can, you know, stream it Facebook live or IG live or something like that. So I think we're going to try to do a Facebook live because a lot of people are like, I want to come or I want to see or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. but we can't, we're trying to limit so we can wear our masks and practice social distancing and yeah. all this stuff. So I think, you know, we had a meeting today about nine, 99% sure we're going to try to do this, go get this dual Facebook live. So cool. Nice. Well, if you send us a link to that, we will link it in our show notes. We're probably going to air this Absolutely. on October 28th, so it'll be after the ceremony. But if you if it's preserved, we can offer that to our listeners. Okay, cool. I definitely will. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I totally will. This Talk- subgenre of R&B music was very instrumental in influencing, like, for me, it's like with Roger Troutman, he had the talk box, which is basically... He plays like he has a keyboard and he had like the tube go in his mouth to make those those voices. Yeah. I watched a video, I can't remember which song it was, but he did that and I was like, Oh, that's super cool. I've never seen that before. Right. So and I feel like it's you know, it's a 
a precursor for, you know, super R&B producer Teddy Riley followed in his footsteps of making those sounds as well for, for the subgenre that he basically, nothing, created was the New Jack Swing. So, mm-hmm. and then also is a precursor for auto-tunes. Yeah. One of the things that I, you know, want to do in my career trajectory is to preserve Black music. And it's just saying that this, like these kids think that what they're listening to is new, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I mean, not just for kids too, but I just want to, you know, make sure like working in the music business and working with a lot of gentlemen and ladies who promoted this music to radio in the 70s and 80s, I just feel like this is my way of, because they, you know, they were super influential, I can't talk today, influential, (laughs) there we go, to me, coming from a place where I used to love playing music, listen to music all the time, and I feel like this is my, my way of carrying on as opposed to working in the, you know, working in the music industry directly. So I just feel like this is my way of carrying the torch, as you might say. Yeah. I actually never assigned this assignment, but I, I designed an assignment once where I was going to have students pick a song that had a lot of samples in it and go back and listen to all the sources of the samples. And I still want to do that someday, but I think that that's one weird little way that you can show young people, hey, this kind of music is not is not new, as you said, and has direct influences. And through sampling is just one way. But like if you if you were to take a current artist and look at their influence and then look at that influence's influence and go back, you know, the 70s is not that long ago. And I think that it's not that funk is lost by any means, but it's become a little bit to where people are just kind of taking bits and pieces of it. Do you right. Know? So it's such a very specific subgenre. And it's always been a thing that I loved that my hometown had this, you know, claim to fame. It's not the only source of funk, obviously, there's other sources of it. But to have not only Zap, but also the Ohio players too are from Dayton. And it's just such a unique sound that and that itself, like comes from a couple different traditions and uses a lot of different instruments than that we think of that aren't as common in R&B music. So it's a genre I like a lot and I wish I knew more about it. So I think that having things like this event are super, super important for preserving our music history. Right, right. Because, you know, like I, I think I said this already is where, you know, not only that this music came out of Dayton, mm-hmm. but the the Troutman family was, as I was doing my research for this whole project, is that one of the things that, that I kept coming across, and in a sense, I feel the same way is that they wanted to keep it in the community. Mm-hmm. And they they were so community oriented. And that's one of the things that I want to do in my work as well, is to work at an institution where the residents of this local community knows that they have a lot of great music. Well, not, not just musical history, just history and this rich history and period. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I want to do in my work. And one of the things, that's the reason why I want to work in the museum industry, because I'm going to be honest, I'm like, this literally, I didn't know that you can actually do this job or this was a thing until at least probably, say, like five years ago. So, like, I was thinking I was going to keep working in the music industry, and and I was like, you know, I kept getting laid off. I said, like, you know, clearly the universe wants me to do something else, so... (laughs) So I was like, you know, well, let me go over, you know, let's see what's going on. And I like, it literally, and I was like, I love visiting museums. And I was like, wait a minute, this could be a thing. I could actually do something about this. And 
five years later, here I am. So that's awesome. So yeah, just having this, this historical marker and then I'm actually going to have like an exposition at the Jerome Library in the spring from, I think from April to June. Basically, I'm going to, it's based off um, a presentation I did at the Ray Brown conference this oh, year. Wow. Okay, this was like so long ago, <laughs> right before COVID hit. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to do like different Vibe magazine covers, and I'm going to talk about Black identity through these Vibe magazine covers. So I'm going to, we're going to display five different Vibe magazine covers, and I'm going to talk about Black popular culture and, you know, Black femininity, Black masculinity, Black entrepreneurship, and the Black martyr. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, very excited about the Jerome Library being open for something like this. So, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm very excited about that. Like, one of the things is going back to wanting to preserve Black music, Black music is American music. And I just want to make sure that Black music doesn't get lost in the shuffle because pop music definitely follows the trends of Black music. So I just want to make sure that it's like, hey, these people did this first or are doing this too, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I, you know, want people to know that this is like, I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. That's, that's one of the things that I want to, pref- to do. Yeah. Make sure that that we keep this, that we keep this music alive. Well, that's that's a very noble pursuit, and that's exciting to me. Yeah, this is such a great project, and and I hope that you keep doing this. I hope you get hired at a really amazing music museum, and and get to write on this stuff, and get to keep doing this. I'd love to see you make documentaries about different musicians. I think that would be great. Kathleen, your your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank Sorry. you so much for, you know, reaching out and asking me. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't want, you know, I was like, I don't know, because I'm 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 a behind the behind the scenes kind of gal. So <laughs> and I don't, you know, I wanna work in public history, but I don't like public speaking. Go feed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but you know, like Miss Murdoch was telling me, she's like, Well, you know you and Carrie's gonna have to talk. You just saw the look on our faces because we were like like look like deers in headlights. <laughs> It's like, well, yo, yo, you know, you two started this project. You're going to have to speak. I'm like, okay, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this will be practice for the many talks that I'm going to have to do when I work in a museum or, you know, or some kind of capacity like that. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. I, this was, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I came out unscathed, so I think I'm okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again to Jackie for being on the show. And we have links in our show notes to Jackie's Facebook Live recording of the installation ceremony. So do look for that and watch that ceremony. It was really, it was really great. Next week, we'll be talking about the sitcom News Radio and the horror drama series Fear the Walking Dead. And we'll also discuss Time's list of 100 best fantasy books of all time. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcasts. If you want to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>